You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. My name is Scout. I am your co-host for anyone who is new. OKSIS is a podcast that I host with my sister Mads and usually on Mondays we either have a sisterly chat, sisterly banter, check in, talk about what we're working on, or we interview a rad female guest. Um, But today's a little bit different. Okay, so wait. Let me back up because if you're new, you need to know all of this. Okay, so that's what we usually do on Mondays. Then on Wednesdays, I have my episode where it's just me, just Scout, talking about mental health, personal development, motherhood, entrepreneurship, spirituality. And then Mads has her Friday episode, which I need to ask her how she wants me to introduce her Friday episode because she talks about a plethora of things, books, what she's working on, mental health, business. I think she recapped... The Taylor Swift, God, this is, I'm not great, sisters. I am not great. She recapped the listening party to take, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you know what happened last week or two weeks ago with Taylor Swift. I'm so fucking unconnected from that whole world. So stuff like that. Mads is uh, my sister, IRL. She's three years younger than me. Um, But today we are deviating from normal programming. So something about OKSIS is Mads and I really, really record in the moment. So we don't necessarily bank a bunch of episodes. Like the most I feel like we've ever banked is like three weeks ahead. We like things to be current and relevant. And, uh, you know, we like to get on the mic and feel like we have 
things to share that are on our heart in that exact moment. So we could not get our schedules together last week. It was not working. Mads is currently, as I'm recording this, in Mexico City for BFF Brett's bachelorette party. And so I said, you know what, Mads? Let's not force things. You know, let's let's give life a little bit of breathing room. And we never miss a Monday. We've never missed a Monday in the last five years, almost five years that we've been recording this podcast. So I said, why don't I start the week with my solo episode on a Monday? And then Wednesday, you and I will have our episode together. So that's what's going on. Usually and typically TGIM on Mondays, you can expect the both of us plus a potential guest. Um, But we're going to switch things up a little bit this week because life happened and uh, our schedules couldn't get together. And uh, so we're, we're moving and we're flowing. And yeah, so I'm so happy to be with you sisters on Monday. Monday is my favorite day of the week. Like I fucking live for a Monday. So to know that I get you guys all to myself, that I get to introduce the week to you feels really fitting and exciting. I'm not a Sunday scaries girl. I haven't had Sunday scaries and I I honestly don't remember the last time I had Sunday scaries. So I feel like my Sundays, which is the day I'm recording this, like Saturday is my rest, don't do anything, watch TV, be lazy or be with my family, whatever, no work kind of day. And then Sunday, I I typically don't work or like record a podcast or anything like that on Sunday. But if I have anything that needs to be uh, tidied up before the week starts, I would do it on Sunday, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, But I also kind of get my personal life in order. Like I usually work out, go uh, grocery shopping, cook dinner, uh, set up my planner for the week, check out my calendar, and I'll usually go through my inbox. I find that refreshing and resetting everything Sunday is the best way to go into the week really, really excited and clear versus behind. So I feel like my first half of my Sunday is prep my mental health and my personal life and my fridge up for the week. And then I usually cook dinner, have a wonderful dinner with Adam and my baby girl, Lily. And then before I go to bed, I do a quick quick sweep and I make my to-do list. I check emails, do any last minute tasks that didn't get done last week so that I can move into Monday beautifully and clear. So that is not the that is not the meat of the episode today. Just felt like sharing that because it's a routine that I've really, really solidified and really feel good about. Sunday, my husband and I also do a check-in. We acknowledge each other for something that the other did the week before. And then we talk about um, any areas for improvement in our relationship and in our communication. And then we also go over the week that we're having. Um, ahead individually with work so that we can make plans and adjustments as a team and as parents to Lily. So I will be doing that tonight after we cook dinner and put her to bed. Okay. But today I wanted to give three updates. There are things I'm thinking about percolating on, moving through, changes I'm making, etc. Life updates, updates to my business. And it feels like if you've listened to my last couple solo episodes, I have been, and just like my chats with Mads, since as I mentioned before, this is always recorded pretty much in real time. I've been going through it. I'm in a dark night of the soul, a dark magic. I feel like everything is being excavated. I'm being cracked open. Things are falling off. Things are being washed away that are no longer serving me. And I am trying to find my footing in all of this because 
it has felt extremely destabilizing. Um, And I will speak in more concrete terms after I am out of this crazy, crazy awakening transition. I don't even know what to call it. Um, But for now, just know that that's emotionally what it feels like. Like every day I'm like, what day is it? What month is it? What am I doing? Where am I at in my business? Where am I at in my personal life? I feel very muddled and chaotic and I feel like the rug is almost being ripped underneath behind, you know, that saying, I always fucking try to say a saying and it never works. So you know what I'm trying to say. And so within that, I am grounding in a couple decisions. Like I am moving through decisions to get me through this time in a way where I feel supported and in a way where I feel empowered. And these decisions are to help me feel supported and empowered, but like I don't feel so empowered right now, but that's okay. It's about coming back to the practices. It's about being inquisitive. It's about being curious. It's about trying things on and not forcing the process and not controlling the process, but always looking towards the moment where you know the dark magic will lift, where you know the dark night of your soul will relieve itself and you can come back into the new version of yourself. Like I know that I am having a major death and rebirth right now and the next scout that's coming through is the scout I've been asking for, the scout I've been working for and the universe is fucking some shit up so that that new scout can come through. So with that, three updates, three things I'm thinking about, three things to percolate. Maybe these will spark conversations for your own life. Um, And I'd also love to hear where you guys are at with any of these three things. So if you want to leave, you can leave a review as like a comment of where you um, where you resonated with or anything that came from this conversation. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can DM me at Scout Sobel um, or you can post a photo of this episode and share it to your stories and tag me and uh, give me your thoughts. I would love that. Or send me a voice note. I love a good voice note. Okay, so the first is my relationship to Instagram. And oof, this one, this one feels big. And that sounds weird to say that because it's like just fucking Instagram, but it feels very big in the sense that I know Mads and I have talked a lot about social media fatigue or social media burnout. Um and Sure, I've felt that way, but I've never felt this disconnected to social media before in my life. And the reason why that feels so radical and honestly very destabilizing and almost scary is because a lot of my job is tied to social media. So as the founder of Scouts Agency, we are the leading agency in getting women as guests on podcasts. So we take female entrepreneurs, authors, personal brands, public figures and we put them on a four-month podcast tour where we get them on a bunch of podcasts to tell their story, get in front of new audiences, build their businesses. As the founder of that, I part of my personal brand on the internet is being the entrepreneur behind Scouts Agency and talking about the power of podcasting and posting my podcast footage of me recording episodes and talking about the emotional sides of building a business, which goes with my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is the emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship. It's the guidebook that every entrepreneur needs to have if they start a business, whether it's a YouTube channel or a podcast or an e-commerce site or an agency, whatever it might be. And so with the things that I do in my career, showing up online has fostered a community. It's fostered 
a level of reputation for Scouts Agency. It's promoted my book to sell and become a bestseller on Amazon. It's it's allowed me to also, you know, continue the conversations that I'm having on OKC's podcast over on Instagram. It, it is my home of my personal brand and my thought leadership. And if I don't want to post on there, so many questions are coming up, like, will I fall behind? Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. 
our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Will all of the momentum that I've built in the last six years go to shit? Will anyone remember me if I don't post on social media? Will my business continue to grow if I'm not on social media? Can my business exist without it? Can I conceptualize a life where I just build the things I build and I show up on OKSIS podcast and that's it? And there's... I'm. I'm just recognizing the questions that are coming up, which is very much connected to my worth. Like, if I don't show up on social, will anyone remember me? Will I be, like, in five years, will it be difficult to hop back more into the game if I want to? And it's highlighting the incredibly negative and toxic infrastructure that social media is built on. If you are on social trying to build a brand or a business, you understand There is no cyclical nature to social media. There is no rest periods. There's no winter, spring, summer, fall. It is just a fucking constant content grind. And while it's an incredible tool because it's free and allows us to connect with so many people and allows us to reach people on a scale that has never been available to us as brand builders or business owners before, there's also, it feels like, no mercy when you want to take a step back and you want to maybe live your life a little bit more IRL or you want to not just consistently show up. Maybe you're in a period where like me, you're going through this death and rebirth cycle and showing up on social media in front of the camera is energetically exhausting. And not only energetically exhausting, you just can't even get there. Like, I just can't. Like there's a block. I don't want to post stories. I don't want to post reels. I don't want to post photos. And I've posted like probably 10% my normal in the last week. And a lot has come up for me. And I'm really examining that. Like fears of not being relevant. Fears of if I don't show up on social, will I grow my business? Fears of will I be upset with myself in five years if I don't continuously show up? And it's it's really making me question levels of energy and productivity and allowing me to see how social media does not match our energies as human beings. We are cyclical beings. We go through cycles. And social media, it's like they don't, it it doesn't even give room for a pause, or at least that's how it feels. We're caught in this intense, almost hamster wheel of a trap of like, if I don't post my social engagement goes down. And if I don't post, I don't become relevant. And then if I don't post, my business doesn't grow. And it's so fucking linked to our survival, right? It's like it hinges on those survival keynotes of money, of relevance, of growth, of human connection, of building brands and businesses. And a lot of that is obviously false, right? But it feels like we're subject to an algorithm that is does not exhibit any mercy. So I it, what I know is that I energetically don't want to show up on Instagram in the way I have been in the past right now in this moment. Does that scare me? Yes, because I worry about my business. I worry about what I've built. <laughs> I worry about, oh, well, no one remember me in two months or whatever. And maybe next week I'll feel like coming back. But 
I think it's, I'm in conversation with this and I'm sitting with these questions and I'm noticing the worth that social puts on me, right? Like, what does it look like to live beautiful moments in an aesthetic home with a cute outfit or in my office and not capture it? What does that mean? Can I just like not have to fucking say something on social for a couple months? And what will that do to my business and to my personal brand? So these are just questions that I'm percolating and that I'm in relationship with. And I wanted to bring them to the table. So if you follow me on Instagram and you don't subscribe to OKC's podcast, you should subscribe to OKC's podcast because this is where I love to show up and this is where I'm going to continue to show up. But I'm in a re- defining moments through my relationship with social and through what that means for my career moving forward, what it means for me as an entrepreneur. I think when threads started, you know, when it, you know, launched, we were all on threads like fuck social, like fuck TikTok, fuck reels, fuck Instagram. Let's just chill on threads together. And I actually am on threads and I feel really good about being on threads because it's not this curated pressure to build and grow and to have my messaging and present a certain person to the internet. So follow me on threads, find me on OKC's podcast. But uh, like, are you guys feeling this? Like, are you just like, fuck, this is exhausting, but also feel like you have these almost like golden handcuffs to social. And also like, I could have the energy to jump back on and two months. In two days, I might have the energy. I might have the energy to post once a week. Who knows? But this is bringing a lot up about our reliance on social media, the way social media has affected our personal worth and the way we view ourselves, how social media is now tied to our business success. There's a lot of things that I'm percolating on, a lot of relationships internally that I'm digesting and analyzing. And I don't know the answer, but that is where I'm at. Okay, update number two. Becoming a mother has been this continuous journey of cutting the fat. And what do I mean by that? So when I got pregnant, I was at a 30% capacity. I had a difficult pregnancy. I was basically sick the whole way through. And so I had to cut the fat in my business. I had to cut the fat with OKC's podcast. I had to cut the fat of my obligations and my responsibilities. But I noticed that when I cut the fat, my results actually superseded. Like they super superseded, super speeded forward, quantum leaped. I grew my business 75% last year from the year before by working less and cutting the fat. And so now that I'm a mom, I'm being asked to do the exact same thing. Becoming a mom, my time and energy is limited in a way I never expected it to be. This is one of the biggest shocks for me of motherhood. And so in my business, we're going through a little bit of a slower season in Q3, which is really interesting or great feedback for me because I started my business in 2019. Most of my business has been through the, you know, the the main years of COVID. And so I haven't really been able to determine the seasons of my business, right? Just, you know, social media doesn't do this, but business does this too. Business goes through seasons like nature. My mentor told me that, which is one of the best advice and things to look at. And now I'm realizing, okay, Q3 is looking like it's our slower season every year. It was that way last year. We're seeing that same pattern repeat this year. Um, So with that, I'm like, okay, how can I cut the fat and how can 
the things I do as the CEO be those needle movers? And not only that, how can I make sure that when I am away from my baby girl, the tasks, the energy, the conversations that I'm engaging with are moving the needle, are piercing through the fat and getting the things done to move and progress the business forward. So this looks like doing a calendar audit. Where am I spending most of my time? What are my energy drainers? What are my energy givers? How can I either delegate or remove the energy drainers and up the energy givers? Now, many times in business, a lot of like a lot of limiting beliefs come up with this. You're like, well, I have to do those things. I have to get that done, right? And yes and no, there are ways to maybe you have to do the energy drainers today, but maybe you're working towards a world where you get to delegate that or where you get to bring someone on to do that or where you can figure out another way to get the result of that energy drainer done and received in a way that gives you energy. So I'm really looking at that, like certain calls drain my energy. How can I minimize my calls? How can I spend, how can I make less or sorry, how can I have less things on my calendar, but move the needle further? And I think that Lauren Everett's Bostick talks about this really beautifully, which is that before in her business, you know, she would say yes to everything, but at some point success means that your calendar is empty versus your calendar is full. The emptier my calendar can be and while my business grows is like the fucking version of success that I'm going after right now because in the last almost five years of building Scouts Agency, my calendar has always been packed. I'm the one on a million calls, a million podcasts, etc. And now I'm looking at, okay, how can I be on less calls, but move the needle further? How can I put uh, filtering systems in place so that I can decipher what calls I need to be on and what calls someone from my team can make? So that is something I'm actively doing, cutting the fat by auditing my calendar, checking in with my energy, and then implementing swiftly. My third update is that I'm asking for support, which is very, very difficult for me. I am someone who wants to do it all. I think as entrepreneurs, that's one of our traits. It's the hardest thing. It's one of the hardest challenges we have to learn as we grow teams and as our businesses and our lives get bigger and bigger is delegating and off-handing, off-sourcing, sourcing out things that, or just asking for support, whether it's emotional, whether it's someone watching the baby, whether it's asking someone to to do you a favor, whatever it is, I'm not great at asking for support. I remember my husband telling me that I'm superwoman and I'm like, yeah, but superwoman gets tired and superwoman also needs support. And I think that sometimes as high achieving women, people forget that we also need to be held, that we also need to be supported, that we also need people to be there for us. And so in the pursuit of holding it all and achieving it all and being it all, I also need support and I'm terrible at asking for support. I feel weak. I feel vulnerable. And that's not great. Like that's not, that's not healthy. Asking for support is healthy and it's noble and it's actually the sign of someone who is balanced within. And so I broke down to my dad, I broke down to my mother-in-law, and I asked for support around taking care of Lily. Uh, Lily is almost nine months, and I'm getting to a point where I need a little bit of spaciousness. I need a little bit of me time. 
My husband is getting a PhD and I'm so incredibly proud of him. I will be married to a doctor soon, sisters, which is crazy. And with his PhD and with my business, it's been difficult. It's been the honor and journey of a lifetime. And I've had so much, it's been so exhilarating to become a mom and run a business. And I've reached a point where I just need more support. I need more cushion with people helping out with Lily. And I am so grateful that I have been able to get the support and pay for a nanny to be here so that someone is watching my daughter one-on-one individually while I'm at work. And I need a little bit more breathing room in my days at this point in my life because I am feeling burnt out, especially with this six-week death and rebirth and dark magic, dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Right now for the next few weeks, I need moments to exhale and just take care of me. And I broke down to my father. I started crying to my mother-in-law and they were so happy to help. And there's so many times when I don't ask for help. And there's so many times when I'm afraid to ask for help. And I'm afraid that if I don't present that I'm having it all together to my family, that they'll think that something's going wrong, especially since I've suffered from bipolar disorder for so long. I know the strain that that's had on my family. And I don't want them to think that I'm going back into that. And I don't want them to think that I... I'm struggling because I don't want them to become afraid of what that means. Um, You know, I didn't feel safe in my emotions for so long, and I know they didn't feel safe within my emotional landscape for so long. And so asking for support usually comes with the conversation of how's your mental health? Are you working with a therapist? Do you need to go on medication? Like sometimes when I'm not doing well, that's also the conversation that gets had. And that's not really a conversation I want to have. I feel like I just want to be allowed to have normal human emotional struggles that don't teeter into mental illness world. And so that's why I don't ask for support sometimes because I don't want the conversation to go there. I want to show them that I've healed and that I got it and that they don't need to worry about me and I'm okay. But in that, I have not allowed support where support is beautifully and graciously given. They want to support me. They want to be with their grandchild. And so I've asked for support and my uh, the, Lily's grandparents are stepping in to just give me a moment. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I'm so grateful for that and what that tactically looks like. Um, my mother-in-law is going to take the leave for one to two nights this week so that I can just go to dinner with my girlfriends or wake up and do my morning routine. Um, and then the following week, she's going to take her for a couple nights too, just so I can grab my bearings and come come back a little bit to life that I've that I've been needing to do for myself. So my dad took her on Friday, which was really, really amazing. I literally sat on my couch and I watched the Kardashians like alone by myself. And I was looking around at my house and no one was in it. And I was like, this is, this feels so radical and insane. So <laughs> if that gives you any indication of where I'm at, 30 minutes on my couch alone watching a TV show feels like I'm literally in the Bahamas on a three-week vacation. So that's what I'm working on. I've asked support for my friends, uh, 
and I've cried to them and sent them voice notes and they've fully shown up for me and it's felt amazing. And so that's my third update is that I'm asking for support. And I know it feels uncomfortable. I've had to face like a lot of shame around that and why I feel shame around that. Um, And that's a bigger conversation for another day, but that's also what I'm working on. So there you got it, sisters. There's the life update, the things I'm working on, the things I'm thinking about, protecting my energy, asking for support, cutting the fat, renegotiating my relationship to social media, doing all of the soul excavations, being present in uncomfortable emotions, giving myself the space that I need unapologetically, even when it feels uncomfortable, and moving forward with building this dream life, even in the moments where it feels overwhelming or not clear. I just know that I can hold myself through these times by being inquisitive, by being curious, by allowing, by accepting, by surrendering, by not labeling or judging my emotional state and knowing that future scout, the woman I am hopefully about to meet, I know I don't have the timeline on that, that one's up to the universe, but when I meet the next level of scout who's coming through, I will be so grateful that I held on in these moments. So I love you. I hope you have a beautiful start to your week if you are listening to this on Monday. And yeah, you're safe in all of your expansion. You're safe in all of your emotions. And I am here for you, rooting you on no matter what, the same way I'm here for myself, rooting myself on no matter what. I love you and I'll catch you next episode. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 